goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, and this is Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. Thursday is Andrew Giuliani Day. We're going to be speaking with Andrew. I know he was just on for his dad. He's done an amazing job. For his dad these past three days, the mayor. I like the way Andrew says that. He's I don't I just I spoke with he's I've spoken to the mayor. Yes. So we're looking forward to catching up with uh, Andrew for our Thursday chat, and of course catching up with you. A lot in the news as always. Heartbroken. Rudolph Isley has passed away. We'll talk a little bit. The Isley brothers. We'll talk uh, more about that in a bit. Uh, there is a story that I w- want to lead with that was in the Daily Mail. It is this, the headline of the story, Israel, Israel releases images of babies murdered and burned by Hamas. Now, why would they do that? Why would they do that? They would do that because there are stories floating around the Internet. And I have these stories sent to me by very well-meaning people. Oh, that report that the babies, that that reporter has retracted the story about babies being murdered with their heads chopped off. No, no, that's not true. And there are also stories circulating around that one of the women, the uh, young one from Germany that was paraded around, uh, is actually not dead. Now, that story, I've seen two versions of that story that she is, and one that floated out there, she's not, no one has provide any proof positive that she is alive. So one of the reasons that I think anyway that Israel has released the footage is to stop all this nonsense. As usual, they are members of whatever motivates them. And they never cite sources. They just put some garbage on social media. It gets spread around like it's actually true. No sources ever cited for these conclusions that they supposedly reach. So that is why Israel today released harrowing images of tiny babies who were murdered and burned by Hamas terrorists amid their ruthless attacks this weekend. One appalling image shows the small body of a baby who couldn't be more than 12 months old lying on a now bloody white body bag that is too large for it. The child... Group dotted with flowers is now covered in blood. Two other photographs released by Israel show the blackened and charred bodies of two babies who were murdered by Hamas gunmen when they stormed their homes in southern Israel. Mail Online, the Daily Mail says, has chosen to publish heavy blurred images of these images to show the horrors that Hamas terrorists unleashed on hundreds of Israelis after they stormed over the border. It has become, as it becomes apparently verified, photographs of other babies beheaded by the ruthless terrorists 
just a mile away, were confirmed by journalists at the Jerusalem Post. Hopefully, hopefully. And and what's next? Are these people going to demand to see the photos of the beheaded babies? It's sickening, actually. What lengths people will go to to spread whatever propaganda for whatever reasons that the truth is not the truth. Israel has announced their aim which is to end Hamas, not to contain Hamas, to end it as civilian casualties in Gaza soar. The army said today that it will seek the end of Hamas in Gaza. Now, there has been a lot written about conditions in Gaza since Israel has imposed a blockade. Today, one of the things that I read going across, and I don't even remember what source it is, if I find it today, I will alert you what the source is. But one of the things that I read was from an Israeli defense official who was saying, listen, we are not, yes, we are, we are not allowing fuel to come in, As you may know from some of the reports, the hospitals in Gaza have very limited fuel. They're worried about the patients that rely on fuel, the fuel for all sorts of things, from incubators for babies to ventilators and so forth and so on. They're worried that the people that are in this hospital will be, uh, the, the, the phrase that I heard was that it was going to, instead of a hospital, be turned into a morgue. And the Israeli official said, listen, and I'm paraphrasing here. We are not going to let anything in, be it fuel, be it food or whatever, into Gaza until Hamas releases the captives that they are holding. When those captives are released, then... The assumption is Israel will allow whatever supplies are needed in Gaza to go into Gaza. And they're saying, the Israeli government, that they are not going to be bullied into this. I don't know how anybody, and I have been struggling with this, how to say this so that this does not come out wrong. There, I don't know anybody in my orbit, in my circle, anybody among my friends, family, acquaintances even, that want to see any innocent civilian, be they Palestinian, be they a foreign from another country, or Israeli, suffer the consequences of war. The images of Palestinian children who have been hurt from Israel's 
defense of itself in Gaza are horrible to see. No one wants to see. Innocent people suffer, ever. It is heartbreaking. No one wants to see a child. Innocent children, children who play no part in these decisions that are being made, suffer. That said, and it is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking to watch. Likewise, no one wants to see elderly people, or anybody for that matter, that innocent people, people that are just trying to go about their lives and survive their lives. No one wants to see them become casualties of war or people to suffer. What is at stake for the nation of Israel is nothing short of their survival as a nation. And that is why they are being so insistent that now the impediment to their success of staying a nation has to be removed. You have heard the cliche. It is not a cliche. It is an actuality. The war is hell. There is a definite hellish attribute to looking at war and what war does. It is hellish. It is beyond human comprehension. I think I mentioned to you the other day, even the Hollywood versions of war can be so gruesome to watch. I just got through watching a series about American military efforts in the Pacific in World War II, and it was graphic. And when you see what happens to human beings in war, it will turn your stomach. whether it's even real or the imagination of Hollywood depicting what the reality was. It is horrific to see. No one in their right mind, no one who has an appreciation for the gift of life that God has given us would want to see human beings endure or suffer or go through any of this. Likewise, with the same passion, we must defend the right of Israel to defend itself after these horrific attacks. As I said to you in days past, since the beginning of mankind, we have seen the atrocities that human beings commit on each other. We've seen it in societies, including our own, in America and our history. We have seen people being burned at the stake. We've seen people that have been attacked in the most heinous ways. It is in every other culture that has existed. 
for those people with a conscience, for those people who are empathetic, empaths as we like to call them now, it is almost too much to bear to think about what human beings have to suffer when they're in these circumstances. What we are seeing with Hamas' attack on Israel is the worst that humanity has to offer. Who does this to babies? Well, I could go on about that. Who does this to babies openly? Because there are a lot of things that happen in the clinics of Planned Parenthood that will never be discussed openly. But who does this? And brags about it. Well, ISIS did some of this. I'll never forget a sickening footage I saw of ISIS where they had almost in like machine-like fashion their captives. One guy with his sword and the other two people would just drag the next person over, whack. Take him out, drag the next person over, whack. And just massive beheadings. You're saying, what kind of people are these? What? How in the world could you claim to have any relationship at all to God the Creator, whether you call him Allah, whether you call him God, how can you claim to have any relationship at all to God and think that this is acceptable? And think that somehow or another this is just or this is righteous. It is impossible. If you have any understanding and appreciation for the sanctity of life to look at the evil that is being perpetrated, But this is what Israel is up against right now, that kind of evil, and they are determined to stop it once and for all. If you are well-read in the atrocities of Nazi Germany, you know, we talk about Auschwitz, we talk about Treblinka. The Nazis had had over... I forget the exact number, and I don't want to say an incorrect number. But Auschwitz and and Dachau and and these were just a few of the many mass killing slaughterhouses that the Nazis had, and their evil. We still talk about, and we still study, we still read, there's still movies about it, almost now 80 years, almost 80 years after the fact, because it was so awful that humanity had not witnessed something like this on the kind of scale that the Nazis did it. These terrorists in Hamas, if they could do this on the same scale, would do the exact same thing to Israel today. In fact, Iran... The leaders of Iran have called for the complete eradication of Israel, and they have been consistent. No matter what else has gone on, including all of the tens of billions of dollars that have been shipped to Iran from the Obama and Biden administrations, they have never once said, we retract those words. Their leadership has maintained, ever since the Islamic Republic 
took over from the Shah of Iran, who, by the way, was a vulture in his own right. One of the main policy statements from the Islamic Republic has been they want to see the utter completion, the complete destruction of Israel. In other words, they want to finish the job that Adolf Hitler started. And Israel cannot allow that to happen. So these are very difficult things for all of us to look at. Anyone with the conscience does not want to see children, innocent people suffer. But we also, as a human race, cannot allow Israel to be destroyed. The Isley Brothers taking us in. Rudolph Isley, founding member of the Isley Brothers, passed away yesterday, apparently, in Illinois. Cause of death remains uncertain. A TMZ report says, believed he suffered from a heart attack. That means of the founding members, Ronald is the only one left, Ronnie Isley, Kelly, and now Rudolph have passed. The younger Isley brothers are still with us, thank God. A shout out of condolences to Chris Jasper, one of the Isley brothers, Ernie, Marvin, and Ronnie for the loss. We've enjoyed your music. I've enjoyed the Isley Brothers music all of my life. We're coming back. Your call is 800-848-WABC. Stay with us. Is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 1974, Blondie appeared. You know where? At CBGB's in New York. Under the name Blondie. How did Blondie come about the name? Easy. Truck drivers used to cat call, hey, Blondie to Debbie Harry. So, she took the name and made a well on it. Andrew Giuliani's coming up, so I want to get some phone calls in. There's some other news I want to get to as well. I, with Andrew, I want to discuss what's going on in the house, this uh, Scalise thing. They, re, they re, uh, recessed the house again. We don't have a house speaker. We'll get into all that when Andrew comes on. Meanwhile, let's go to the Upper West Side and speak with Bobby. Bobby, how are you? Bo, <laughs> Mr. James, I yes, love you Bobby. like a brother. Yeah, I love you like a brother. And I played CBGBs a bunch of times. I was a working musician for many years. I'm 74 years old. I think you're a little bit soft today. Rush would not like how you're coming off. I'm telling Don't you. Don't tell me. Excuse me. Wait a minute. Stop right there. You have no idea what Rush would like or wouldn't like. And I spoke my mind to Rush every day that I was there without holding back either because these are my opinions and I am free to express them. 
And if you think they're too soft, well, I can take that. Okay, but don't sit here and tell me what Rush would have, because you don't know Rush. And you didn't, and I did for 30 years. So don't come at me with that. My brother, now continue. Okay. Okay, so you you know that this is like war now. Now this is war. And what did I say that was so soft? I said Israel has to defend itself, that this is a matter of life or death for Israel. And I also said something else, that anybody that has any conscience at all does not like to see innocent people die and suffer, innocent children die and suffer. Are you the exception, Bobby? Do you like to see innocent children die and suffer? Do you like to see people that have had no decision-making process at all that are innocent bystanders to this, do you want to see them suffer regardless of what side they're on? Of course not. Well, then, you're being soft. So don't accuse me of saying the same thing that you and many others think. I am never once wavered from the fact that Israel has to survive. I've never said Israel should not be blockading Gaza. I've also made it a point to follow the news actually, and read every day to get the details to pass on to you and to explain to not only you and everyone else that as, as far as the information coming out, the reason that Israel is saying that they have gone to these drastic measures is because the Hamas is holding Israeli captives. And if Hamas gives in and allows those captives to be free, then yes, there will be some humanitarian aid allowed to come into Gaza. And I have not criticized that. And it is okay not to criticize that and at the same time express our humanity. We are all God's children, even the evil among us. And none of us should sit here and feel good about innocent people dying regardless of who they are. But I am not going to be anything but steadfast with, the, with my belief that Israel has to survive. And they have to do what they must to survive. And I've never said anything otherwise. You get the final word. Okay. I get the final word? Go. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you filibuster the next caller. Okay. Thank you, Bobby. He had a final word. How's that a filibuster? He, he made an accusation. I defended myself against it. That's called, I don't have anything to say. Because I was wrong, and I shouldn't have called with that bullshit uh, stuff anyway. Mary Beth, you're in Long Island. You're up next. James, I could cry after hearing that, man. Um, I want to tell you that you and everyone at WABC Radio is in my prayers and my thoughts. You people can't walk away from this. We can shut the radio off. Yes, these things stay with us, but we can choose whether or not to look at, you know, computer images, newspapers, the news. You people are living this all day, every day, preparing your shows, doing your shows, thinking about tomorrow's show. And um, I, I'm praying for you and I, all the, all the people you work with. And I just want to lift you up with my gratitude and my prayers. My God, thank you. I needed that. Thank you very much. It is, when you are immersed in the gathering of news 
as for me, this is not just a daily thing now. This has been now for decades. Every day. I cannot even think of the days that go by when I'm not trying to dial into the news, even on vacation. What are they? Somehow or another. And over a period of years, one of the things that happens is you get jaded because there's are things that you have there's nothing you haven't seen in one form or another. The inhumanity that people have toward each other, it is sickening. All of us, all of people of consciousness, we wish we could go to Pollyanna land sometimes and just find that place where people can live in peace with each other without all this evil. But we are living in evil times, my friends, and this is all part of something that goes beyond one war in one place. This turmoil is happening inside the United States. The turmoil is happening all around the world. We are in a spiritual war of epic proportions. Temptations on WABC. Heavenly birthday today, Melvin Franklin. Melvin the deep voice in the temptations left us in 1995 on WABC Talk Radio 77 coming back more of your calls Andrew Giuliani coming up first though keep it right here It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Almost heaven. John Denver, 1997. Flying a handmade experimental plane. It ran out of gas. Crashed off the coast of Monterey Bay in California. 53 years old, John Denver left us on his day in 1977. We're going to head back to the telephones real quick. Uh, John in Brooklyn, New York, you're up next. Welcome, you're on WABC. Hey, boss. I listen hey. to you. I love you. Sh- I love your show, but I'm sorry. I have to adamantly disagree with you mm-hmm. about people labeling them as as innocent. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm not a Jew, but people that cheer when people are massacred, and people that that elected Hamas for their government, they're no longer innocent. And when you did what you did to those people in Israel, that you brutalized them, then the gloves are off. And then I you agree know with I... you. Look, go ahead, John. Let me just say this to you because Andrew Giuliani is on the line. I want to get to him. Let me just say something to you. The people I was talking about as innocent are not people that elected Hamas. Babies did not intellect Hamas. These children didn't vote for anybody. They're too young to vote. They weren't cheering anything, as far as I know. Okay, now these people that are out cheering what happened with Hamas. 
They're, they're pitiful. They're horrible. And I don't understand it. We had another one from Yale University that's out with this stuff. The, the, the BLM people in Chicago celebrating. And I have talked about those people. Well, it's not the people I'm talking about, John. When I say innocent, I mean truly innocent. People that are apolitical, have nothing to do with this, that are just caught up in it. And there are innocent people in every conflict, John. And those are the people that I'm talking about. I love you, too. Thank you for calling me, my friend. I got to get Andrew Giuliani, my man. You have been doing yeoman's work. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, I'm always excited to talk to you every Thursday, James. And we had a little New York City uh, subway issues. But, you know, that's what makes live radio so beautiful. Sometimes you get stuck on the subway. (laughs) Absolutely. So let me ask you about this, Andrew. I saw this story today. I sent it to you as soon as I saw it because I wanted to hear your take on it. Uh, It turns out that Senator Robert Menendez and his wife are going to face new charges. The charges that the prosecutors have now brought are that they are acting as, were acting as foreign agents by lobbying, (laughs) by doing work for, for Egypt. And the first thing that... What was the first thing that jumped in your mind when you saw this story? Maybe maybe that's where the gold bars came from. I don't know. That's the, probably the first thing that popped into my mind is that that might be the source of the gold bars that were buried in the backyard of Menendez, which is kind of unbelievable. I mean, to think that an elected senator in our upper chamber uh, in Washington, D.C., would uh, actually stoop, potentially stoop to this, right? These are allegations. Probably, they're, from everything that we've heard, they're probably pretty darn accurate in terms of these allegations. Um, I think that, um, look, I think that Menendez has, uh, I think he's got a big hill to climb. And I think uh, it's going to be very interesting to me to see how he ends up, if he resigns, if he, if he ends up trying to make some kind of a deal with this, or if this is just too far, too far gone at this point where, you know, people are just going to say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to string them up over here. All right. Now the first thing I thought of with this Andrew, yes. <laughs> Hunter Biden, would yeah. you mean to tell me that you can charge Menendez and his wife acting as foreign agents? Hunter Biden and the Biden family has amassed over $20 million from foreign governments. He never registered as a foreign agent, and yep. yet he has never been charged as acting as an unregistered foreign agent of these governments. And yet you have here, you see the DOJ apparently can act when they want to act. If if you're in their sights, they can figure out how to charge you. And to me, this is just another indication of the two-tier justice system at work. I'm not bemoaning the fact that they've uh, charged Menendez. If he's guilty, Mm -hmm. well, he'll have to prove that he wasn't an agent. Uh, He's presumed innocent until, until they can prove him guilty. But at the same time, they didn't waste any time charging him. Why isn't Hunter Biden being charged for the exact same thing? You know, James, that's an absolute great point. And look, you can go back to other examples of the documents case, right, and how they're going after Trump, trying to string him up when we obviously know that Biden really should be the one who is looked at in this because as vice president and senator, there's no excuse to be able to have what was classified material at one time, as President Trump so eloquently says it, that it was classified material, ID classified, as he had the power. The vice president didn't have the ability to do that. The vice, the uh, a senator certainly does not have the ability to do that and would have no reason to have classified documents mixed in with their personal items because you view classified documents in a different area. Of course, I'm talking about Biden now, not talking about Menendez, but it is a great point. And it just shows, again, 
the double standard that we have seen when it is the Biden family and how the DOJ continues to try to protect them at all means when you might have the number one criminal in Washington, D.C., one of the top ones in the country in terms of selling out our country and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and then everybody else. Let's turn our attention, Andrew, shall we, to the House of Representatives. Uh, filling in for your dad, for the mayor, and I love the way you say that. I spoke with the mayor. Uh, you said, <laughs> you you let people know the other day, look, this thing in the House is not done just because Scalise has been nominated by by the, uh, the, by the Republican caucus. It's, it's not over. And indeed, we have now seen, we are seeing that, that it is not over. Washington Post headline, Republicans fail to coalesce around speaker choice, leaving House in limbo. Uh, you also have uh, all the others, the Hill, geo opposition to Scalise for speaker sharpens. Look, this thing is not only not over, it doesn't have any appearance of being over. What, yeah. what gives? Yeah, you know, I think probably the best thing for Republicans to do going forward, it it may just be to actually pass these temporary measures where for the next month until, let's say, mid-November, McHenry, who is the temporary speaker, if you will, uh, has more powers. So over the next 30 days, he can actually run the House because the truth is the same divisions that ended up leading to Kevin McCarthy being removed as Speaker of the House, they haven't been ultimately solved over the past week, as we can all see and as we all knew, even though the media was kind of reporting this as Scalise was the speaker to be. When you win by a margin of 113 to 99, that means you're going to have to find another 105 votes somewhere to be able to vote for you. That's not five or ten votes. That's not what even McCarthy was going through in January when he was consistently kind of first 20 votes short and then 10 and then five votes short. Uh, when they went through round after round. So this is going to take a while to be able to figure this out. And I know at least a dozen House Republicans personally that um, are, are not on board with Scalise right now. It doesn't mean that they wouldn't get on board, but I don't see them getting on board in the next 48 hours. It's going to take some time, James. Right now, again, the Washington Post has identified 16 Republican holdouts. There you go. And some of them are known. I can just run through them. Bob Good, George Santos from New York, who has his own problems. Uh, Nancy Mace, South Carolina. Max Miller, Ohio. Andrew Clyde from Georgia. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Georgia. Bobert from California. Larry Moore, Alabama. Massey, Kentucky. Schmucker, Pennsylvania. Scott Perry. And Scott Perry's been on the show before. Scott Perry is just an amazing congressman, as well as my good friend Chip Roy from Texas. Yeah. Uh, uh, Keith Self from Texas, Michael Cloud from Texas, Andrew Oglis from Tennessee, and Carlos Jimenez. This is not, you have 16 Republicans who are saying no. Some of them are still insistent that Jim Jordan should be Speaker of the House. They, this thing could, and by the way, let us not forget that Kevin McCarthy has now, after saying he wouldn't run again, is saying, oops, change my mind. If they're deadlocked, I will run again. This is by, there is no clear path to who's going to be the next Speaker of the House. You're absolutely right. And, you know, you mentioned all those people. The person I'm probably closest to is Max Miller. I worked four years in the White House with him. We both serve. Uh, President Trump both appointed us to the U.S. Holocaust Board, which uh, this week there's certainly been a whole lot of talk considering everything that is going, going on in Israel 
and Max has been extremely outspoken about that. But he's been outspoken about this, too. And I think I think President Trump is going to play a role in this, too, because we know on Friday he ended up endorsing Jim Jordan. I haven't seen and Maybe I've missed it, but I haven't seen any comments on Scalise from Trump. I know that Jordan supposedly said he would give a, uh, a speech nominating Scalise, um, but that doesn't seem to have shaken the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the most of the members of the House that had opposed him originally. So I think President Trump is going to play a big role in whether or not this is going to be something that's solvable, let's say, over the weekend into early next week, or if we're looking at sometime maybe a little closer to Thanksgiving. Now, here's the issue. And by the way, uh, Steve Scalise has been on this program, too. And here's the issue for a lot of people. There are a lot of Republicans, and some of them in this mix of 16 Republicans, that are saying enough already. Enough, meaning enough of this sort of royal lineage of, of uh, one speaker begets another speaker, begat another speaker, begat another speaker, but they're all from the same line. There are Republicans saying enough of this line of speakers. It's like a buddies club. It went from Hastert and then and Hastert begat Ryan. And I mean, Hastert begat Boehner and Boehner begat Ryan and Ryan begat McCarthy. And 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 uh, you have Scalise was part of the leadership team under Kevin McCarthy and people saying enough. We want this line of 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 royalty in the speakership over with. We want new blood. And so I don't know how you how you get past that if there are enough Republicans who are saying we want a real change here and we don't want another from this line of speakers. You know, and I think the the leftist media loves to talk about Republican infighting. But I think what this really represents is how so many of these members, constituents, when they go back home, feel right now about the federal government and feel how maybe their members of Congress aren't necessarily serving them, but serving their special interests. So I think this is more than anything, probably as reflective as how just people are just as upset, really, about the way Washington seems to have forgotten about more and more Americans than they are actually stepping up for their own special interests. So this could be very indicative. And I think you're right. I think if you talk to most Americans, they do not feel like the House of Representatives is doing enough to step up against this administration. You could argue that. I think there definitely have been some steps this year. Um, But I think when you look at just how much America is in the hole right now, where we're seeing inflation, uh, I think they want representatives that are going to step up there and be fighters. We kind of need wartime fighters right now. And they're questioning whether Scalise is that guy or not. I think we know that Jordan is that guy. I think we'll see if, uh, if they're able to make the right deals with Scalise and he's able to actually push through for enough conservatives across the country, because that's really what this is about. It's not just the members of Congress. It's not the glass house there in Congress. It really is what their constituents are telling these elected representatives. And on that note, we'll have to leave it. Andrew, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure to be with you on Thursdays. Andrew Giuliani, great work filling in for your dad, by the way, Andrew. Oh, thank you, James. I appreciate it. I love our conversations. Me too. We'll catch up with you later. It is time for Lou Dobbs. Bee Gees, take us in. The Bee Gees on this day had a stamp named after them, the Bee Gees stamp. They, this is... The island of their birth, called the Isle of Man, issued six stamps honoring the Bee Gees. Their mother had run a local post office on the Isle of Man. 
Time to check in with Lou Dobbs and then your telephone calls on WABC. Boston Airways Rush Hour coming back right after this. Don't go away. is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sam Moore, 1935, he was born. You know him as Sam of Sam and Dave on WABC, Bose Nerdly's Rush Hour. Yeah, this one in their big hit, Hold On, I'm Coming. I was just texting with the Countess of Conspiracy, who is out Arizona. There's some kind of alien convention or something, or some 5G convention out there. So we'll get some details later. You know what time it is. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's get started in White Plains, New York. Russ, you're on WABC with James Golden. Bo Snurdly, how are you, Russ? I'm fine, James. Thanks. I always thought Rush was like a dessert creme brulee, you know, crusty on the outside, but smooth and silky on the inside. And you expand on that smooth and silk tradition. So I'd like to say, though... Do you think the Israeli government, when it tried to defend the population and failed, is now embarked on collective punishment, lobbing artillery strikes and, and artillery shells in there? It's, it's sort of, to me, on a concentrated civilian population, it's less like the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising and more like Attica. Do you think that Attica was the same kind of situation where the government should have shown No, I don't. I, no, I don't. And here's why. If you look at the the if you if you're reading reports of this, there's a story I wanted to get to it today. I cannot, I could not, because I don't have time to spend with it. This attack has been planned for two years, and even in Hamas, they didn't expect it to be as quote unquote successful in their view as it was. And some are now even wondering whether it's too successful. The number of dead have now at over a thousand dollars. They have totally humiliated Israel's defense mechanisms. And what Israel is vowing to do now, okay, enough of this, enough. We've had enough with the terrorism, it's got to stop. So I don't think this is anything other than a sheer determination of any nation. They have the same outrage that we had after 9-11. After 9-11, before it became politicized by the Democrats, we had a unified country that wanted to do one thing, stamp out these terrorists that did it. And I think that's exactly what Israelis are feeling right now. Stamp this out so it never happens again. But great question, Russ, and I thank you. Mike, in Long Island, you're up next. Well, I was wondering, uh, we heard this story from Fox News that seemed to be quelled over the recent days. It's about uh, President Trump. They have a warrant out. Iran has a warrant out for President Trump for killed for the murder of Soleimani. Yes, and so and and we have blocked temporarily that representative that was trying to come into the country that has this. So yes, it is a true story. The representative is not being allowed in. And let me tell you something else. There is a major whitewash going on right now 
with Iran's role in this attack. Thank you for the call. Bill in New Jersey, you're up next. Yes, if you watch, uh, God promised that he would take care of the Jews forever. And it's the devil. This is the evil. The devil is trying to prove him a liar. This is why everything is so... Bill, Bill, so many people have that point of view. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you. George in Rockland County, you're up next. Yeah, hi. So uh, the leaders of Hamas are not in Gaza, okay? They are in Turkey, they are in Qatar, okay? And they should be flushed, okay? And nobody's talking about it. They don't care. George, there are people talking about that. And also, don't forget Hezbollah in Lebanon. This may go wider than people think. But that's the time that we have. May God bless, protect each and every single one of you, your family and your loved ones, especially my friends in these troubled days. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and for allowing me to be with you. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow, same time, and do it again. Till then, bye.